Hello, and welcome to Banking Transform, the top podcast in banking. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. The pandemic greatly accelerated the consumer desire to adopt digital-first banking experiences. That said, consumer preferences for how to do banking have also become increasingly hybrid. Few institutions have innovated the customer experience across multiple platforms more than Capital One. From their award-winning mobile app to their Capital One cafes, the bank continues to test new ways to build engagement. We are fortunate to have Jennifer Wendbeck, Head of Retail Bank Channels and Operations at Capital One on the show today. She will discuss Capital One's commitment to deliver experiences based not just on the needs of the bank, but on how the consumer wants to bank. Post-pandemic, nearly half of consumers stated they prefer to bank digitally only, while more than 30% prefer a hybrid approach, leveraging digital banking tools and in-person banking in approximately the same amount. Going forward, banks must build engagement by evolving both digital banking tools and in-person interactions to proactively anticipate and support consumer needs in ways that differentiate based on experiences. And Jennifer, can you share with our audience your role over the past decade at Capital One and what you've learned about how consumers want financial services to be delivered? Gladly. And hi, Jim. So so glad to be here and excited to be here in our Georgetown Cafe. I've been with the cafe since 2014. And prior to that at Capital One, had been engaged with the branches, which, which I am now too. So I lead the Capital One branches in addition to the cafes and uh, bank operations and ATMs. And what we've learned in the cafes is that people really want different kinds of choice. And so there is, you know, there is certainly a connection between a digital connection to a bank or an in-person connection to a bank. And there are some consumers who enjoy the, you know, the rhythm and the, the traditional bank branch and the transactions there. But what we found is that there are a lot of customers who like to bank digitally, who like to do their basic transactions in a very simple way, but also want that human connection. And they want kind of a different, a different type of way to interact with uh, with their bank. And that's uh, that's at the heart of what we are trying to accomplish with the cafes. With digital transformation being a word that we're all using more and more, and with consumers going more and more towards digital channels, why do you feel that bank branches, or in your case, even cafes, are still necessary? Yeah, I, I think it does come down to that human connection. So you know, backing up a little bit, going going back in time, Capital One had acquired ING Direct a number of years ago, and we became you know, the largest online bank in, in the country. And we started talking to customers about what does it mean to be an online bank and what do you want in banking? And what we found was that many consumers were very willing uh, and, and actually preferred to work with the bank on their own terms and to work online, to work from the comfort of their home but had a lot of concerns about money and were feeling a lot of stress about money in general. And, and in some cases had um, concerns or hesitancy about the traditional uh, branch banking interaction. And so, you know, as we looked at it, as we talked to many consumers, as we did research as Capital One does um, over the years, we heard from customers, we continued to refine the experience that it's, it's really all about choice. So some consumers prefer um, to not have to talk to someone. A lot of consumers are telling us, I want to learn from someone like me. 
So I don't, I feel intimidated going into a bank branch and sitting uh, across from someone behind a desk in a suit and feeling like there are things I need to know. I'd rather sit down on a couch next to someone um, and, and get good advice from someone who, who can show me what to do and can teach me. And so that's where the cafes came from. Um, similarly, there are other consumers who love a bank branch and who want that. They want the human connection. They want the, you know, the physical act of taking their money and giving it to someone and uh, watching it be deposited into an account. And, uh, and we appreci appreciate that. And I think across the industry, everyone sees that there are, everyone has different preferences. And, um, you know, the key is to, to offer choices, I think, to consumers. So question, do you believe internally that the traditional branch bank model may die within the next decade? Or is there a formula for success in more of a hybrid world? I think it's all about evolution. So no, I, I do not see the traditional bank branch model dying. I do see it evolving. And that's happening even today uh, in many ways as digital comes more and more into bank branches, as uh, consumers visit uh, bank branches uh, less than they had in the past. But I do think it's about evolving. And you know, for, for us, again, at Capital One, we have both bank branches and cafes, and they, um, they meet different needs and, and appeal to different set of consumers, I think there's no set formula and there's no, um, you know, there's no clear answer to what will a bank branch look like in 10 years or, or physical presence. But I do think it's about innovating and trying new things and offering choices to consumers, um, offering digital offerings that complement the in-person experience um, or, or can be done at home. Um, I do think the in-person experience of a branch um, or in our case of, of a cafe as well, offers that humanity piece that people want and, you know, human connection and ways to, uh, you know, to talk to other people, to get advice, to get guidance about things. One of the things we've seen is that uh, consumers in particular want that guidance and want that help when they're making a financial decision. So if they're opening a new account, if they're experiencing a life event, they do want to sit with someone and they do want to talk to someone. But many people, you know, feel more comfortable if, you know, all I'm doing is, is moving money or, or, you know, depositing a check. I can do that on my own terms digitally. So I think that balance of both digital and in-person experiences are important. And I, you know, certainly expect that we will continue to see physical presence, um, including bank branches and, and uh, cafes uh, far into the future. So it's interesting. Capital One is a big financial institution. I was surprised that despite all the discussion around innovation and delivery that Capital One has had, that your branch network has actually fallen steadily from about 702 locations across the country in 2016 to just 327 in 2021. So when you're most known in many ways for your unique branch engagements and their digital first strategy, where will new customers most likely engage in the future? And I know you're going to say that there's going to be a split, but what is the secret right now? Or, or what have you changed in your branch delivery, your cafe delivery recently to really move to where the consumer is going? Uh, certainly. And I, I think, you know, let me start with the cafes a bit. So, so you're right. Well, we have reduced our branch network and I'll talk about that in a moment, um, we have grown our cafe network. So we now have uh, close to 55 cafes across the country and you know, the top 25 MSAs is our, is our goal to get to those. And so we are adding a different type of physical presence and a different touch point for customers at the same time that we have reduced our branch network. 
And our branch network reduction is really in response to customer uh, traffic patterns. So we saw fewer and fewer people coming for those day-to-day -day needs and those day-to-day -day types of transactions. And what we found is that as customers come to the branch less and as customers come even to cafes less, they're willing to travel a little bit farther. And they're willing to, you know, if I'm only going to go in once or twice a year, potentially to get advice in a, in a bank branch or, or to sit with someone, I'm willing to drive 30 minutes or 45 minutes to get there versus, you know, 10, 20 years ago when, when I was uh, first a young banker and customers would come in, you know, almost daily in some cases. And so I think in our case, we're able to turn the efficiency of a thinner branch network and still having a branch network, which is, which is really important to us, and a very thin cafe network. We can turn that efficiency into value for the customers. And so that enables us to deliver you know, really great digital uh, first experiences, but also things like being a, able to offer the same accounts in our branches that we offer online with the same great interest rates um, to, to be able to have no fee uh, checking accounts and um, and you know really compelling savings offerings. As you've likely heard, we've recently eliminated overdraft and NSF fees. And again, having a very efficient branch uh, model helps us to provide that value to customers um, in, in a really unique way. So this is, I mean, the cafes become then more like a hub flagship type differentiation in the marketplace. It, it makes it so that your name recognition becomes higher. People go buy it, you know, as, as you mentioned to the top 25 NMSAs, you know, go buy it and, and recognize the name as they recognize it on their credit cards and such. So while scaling back a branch network could be justified on a straight economic basis, do most financial institutions risk commoditization or degradation of the emotional connection they have with their financial institution if they see fewer financial uh, physical facilities? I think it's all about what happens when someone is in one of those facilities. So that's you know, certainly a very valid risk and a, and a valid concern that having fewer locations could lead to that. But I think it's all about what happens when you do go into one and when consumers come into one. And I think the, you know, that's one of the things we're, we're trying to achieve with the cafes too, that the cafes are open to anyone, not, not just Capital One customers. They're open to people to come in literally to use as a cafe to enjoy a cup of coffee or, um, you know, or some food to use free Wi-Fi. And that, you know, that provides kind of a unique type of thing. And it is, it's a unique branded moment. It's a unique way to experience Capital One in a different way. And, and similarly in our branches, we are striving to achieve um, an in-person experience that customers leave feeling Again, an emotional connection. They leave feeling like their problem's been solved. And I think as long as that happens, um, it, it gives the value to the customer to say, okay, I'll, you know, I'll drive 20 minutes to get to this location be because I have a need to, that I think is just different than it was, you know, again, 10, 20, 30 years ago when, when customers were looking to go very frequently and that convenience and proximity was important. So I think having, you know, fewer locations, but really, compelling experiences in them um, can, can help to differentiate anyone in the industry. So there's various models around the world. Before our podcast, we we talked about the fact that there there's no one set model and may not even be one set model for any one financial institution, given market marketplace differences and all that. Have you seen anything internationally that that piques your interest? Because you've been in charge of delivery for quite some time. I've, I've seen ideas like pop-up branches and shared facilities can you discuss 
where your thinking has been and where some of your rethinking has been over the past few years, even in the delivery network that you have. So in branches and in your cafes, what's changed or what other things are you looking to, to maybe test in the future? It, most certainly. Um, certainly, we have drawn inspiration from uh, international banks, um, particularly a lot of European banks have uh, have tried and done uh, different formats. As I mentioned earlier, the cafe concept in itself was something that ING Direct had developed, uh, which Capital One acquired in the US, but ING Direct had uh, had tried a cafe format um, internationally, and I think had a lot of good learnings from that. And so I do think the you know, we at times can get can get in this inertia loop a bit in, in the US. And that's something we've been trying to break at Capital One, which is, Let's start with what would people want from a financial institution in person versus starting with this is what we've always had is is a bank branch. And so that's what we've gone back to. We've gone back to the well time after time after time and and asked people that, you know, what do you want in a bank and what do you want in a financial institution? And I think there, you know, there are lots of insights from that. I do think, you know, again, I mentioned the cafe concept in general, Um, you know, Many competitors and many uh, many other banks have tried digital first options or other things in branches that I think are are interesting and compelling. And for us, you know, the real differentiator and the thing that we you know we've tried to innovate on is we've we've drawn inspiration not just from banking, but from retail industries in general. And um, it, it really does come back to that human connection piece of you know in in a digital world which is wonderful and affords lots of advantages and lots of conveniences to people. There is that hunger for, you know, for human connection. And I think that's something that, you know, that we've tried to achieve and tried to support with the cafes and also with how we've continued to evolve our, our branch experience. So I mentioned to you that I, I visited one of your cafes in, in Florida near where we're living in the wintertime. And I was really amazed by the activity. And it wasn't in a peak part of the day, but there was a lot of activity, a lot of people doing different things. There's there's the branch staff and there, or I should say the branch staff, but there's the person standing there willing willing to help. There's the cafe person. There's there's offices. There's all kinds of dynamics in that. And what was interesting, my takeaway was, geez, how does this whole concept work in like the metaverse in a world that's going to have VR and AR and MR and you know all these different concepts that are, are possibly on the future? How do you see? the integration of the digital and physical coming together in the future? And how does that play out from a from a ability to sell and to build trust? That, that's one of the most exciting things. I think the, you know, the rate of technological innovation is, is remarkable. And thinking about how does that play into the in-person physical experiences um, is really cool and exciting. And, you know, go back again a few years in banking and, we thought about online banking and digital banking and ATM as distinct and separate channels from the branch and from the in-person experience. And, you know, it, across the industry, we've certainly seen those come together. Um, you know, we talk so much um, in the industry about omni-channel experiences, but but there's real truth in that. And there's real power in uh, in this omni-channel concept of they're not separate experiences. They're um, they're not even complementary experiences. They're fully integrated experiences. And for us, you know, a few places where that shows up. Um, one is w- when a customer comes in to open an account in our branches or in our cafes with with the cafe ambassadors, as you've met. 
Uh, we have them, we help them to enroll in a new account, if that's what they're wanting to do, using their own device or using one of our devices, but using the same online experience that someone would use at home. And it's not a separate, you know, sit there and key it in and tell me your account, you know, your social security number. It's like, let me guide you and let me show you through this. And that's, you know, from the start of our banking relationship with the customers where we are uh, bringing together that digital um, experience. Similarly, with most servicing types of needs, we you know, guide the customer through using their own uh, their own thing. On a deeper level than that, than, than even just banking products, we offer uh, money and life services through the cafes. And you may have you may have seen that in Delray, or you may not have the day that you were there. But um, where we have money and life mentors who are cafe ambassadors who are specially trained in skills that help people to connect with their values and takes a deep look at, you know, what's important to you and then how does that affect your relationship with money? And we have digital experiences um, that support that process too. And so a customer um, or a non-customer, anyone can, uh, can meet with someone in person, but they can also go through a lot of these experiences digitally and they have tools to support them in that journey. So I think whether it's, you know, very traditional banking services and um, account enrollment and those kinds of things, all the way through to um, experiential and, uh, and kind of purposeful things like this money and life mentoring, there are ways to bring those two together. Um, to get to your question, you mentioned the, the sales piece and, you know, how do you, how does that affect kind of cross-selling and the in-person selling? For us, we we don't focus on that and we're proud not to that like we really do believe having just great compelling products and authentic human experiences and support sells itself and so um you know when someone comes into the cafe we don't want them to come in and say you know gosh i felt like you know do you want do you want a savings account with that latte that's not the experience at all we're, we're not trying to sell to them and i think that's you know kind of an interesting thing in the industry too um is just watching the evolution of, of in-person sales versus increasingly, I think, customer-driven account discovery, making people aware through, uh, you know, through digital and, and written materials, uh, the things that are available, but not, um, not doing the heavy push because, again, we think that our products and services are, are helpful and beneficial to customers. So your branch model and your cafe model are obviously very different from look, feel, certainly size, and everything else that goes with that. I would imagine there are different KPIs that you have for the branch model versus the cafe model. And, and your return on investment on a square foot basis, I can't imagine being the same for cafes. How do you justify the size and the dynamics of a cafe versus a branch? And is part of this around just a better branding of what Capital One represents? That That's a fair question that's a very fair question and i think you're right um one thing is the distribution model so with cafes we have you know anywhere from one to six cafes in an msa um so we have they you know they are in the centers of commerce and where people are gathering and on you know we're on m street in in georgetown here today and so we are in the city centers and we for that reason um we don't have to have one on every corner. Um, whereas our branch networks, which we've had uh, through our bank acquisitions over the years, and we really like as you know as a great regional bank, you do have to have a broader distribution. So you know that's one thing, which is I would say we have you know the the, uh, 
the number of cafes required are less than the number of branches required. Um, and so there are you know, certainly some, uh, some efficiencies in that. Um, certainly, we do think that the cafes are a great way for customers to get to know Capital One, that they are uh, you know, an important part of our brand and, um, and in some ways an extension of our marketing uh, that Capital One is so, uh, you know, so, so proud of and, uh, and participates in quite a lot. And so for the cafes, we certainly do see that as um, a branded moment. Um, for both, we are looking at, you know, like, like most, we're looking at um, net promoter scores and things like that, customer satisfaction indices are our primary KPIs that, uh, that we look at for the branches and for the cafes. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Microsoft. See how Microsoft can help unlock new opportunities at speed and scale through innovative business processes, delivering differentiated customer experiences across channels, innovating new products and services, and redefining new ways of thinking. Find out more at Microsoft.com backslash financial services. So Jennifer, what challenges do you face in the transformation of product delivery within what is considered a legacy financial institution like Capital One? How important is leadership and culture in addressing these challenges? Leadership and culture are certainly at the core of that. Um, Capital One's unique, actually, in that we're a fairly young bank. We've been ex in existence less than 30 years, um, so we're still newer than many financial um, institutions but we have also seen an evolution and a journey over those uh you know almost three decades ourselves and you know we have had technology at the center of what we do for a very long time but that's taken you know certainly even more and more of a uh, of a front burner and uh and leading uh piece of what we're doing as a company and i think you know the culture of the type of people you attract and hire changes dramatically for that and that starts from the top we're um so fortunate to be still founder led at capital one and that permeates through the culture um as we look at recruiting and uh retention and and talent um you know we we do try to be a place where it, we are appealing to people who have um you know a technical background a financial background you know a, a wide diversity of skills and talents um, we look to continue to grow that workforce and to develop from within. So I think that's a, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big thing. Um, we also try to have kind of that like healthy mix of uh, challenger mindset along with, um, you know, traditional banking uh, fundamentals. And so the culture of being, you know, exceptionally well-managed of understanding and mitigating risk while still um, trying, you know, testing and learning and, and trying new things and, uh, and integrating tech principles. I think has really helped us a lot. You know, it goes without saying that Capital One is a household name. I don't think I watch TV one night without seeing a Capital One commercial and certainly not sporting events without seeing a Capital One commercial. But you have a rather modest branch distribution network. Do you see your bank as being uniquely positioned to become kind of a premier digital bank with a physical branch support? In other words, the best combo of physical and scale? Yes, I think the key is that right mix, totally. So yes, I, you know, I certainly like, uh, like where we are and, and like where we're headed. Um, I do think that our thin network of cafes has enabled us to get into many cities, um, you know, relatively quickly, again, just in the past, you know, seven to eight years or so. And, you know, that combination of a differentiated in-person experience with 
really compelling products and really you know great digital services i think serves us uh, serves us really well and we're excited for that um you know again as we've opened 50 plus cafes um in, in these top markets um at the same time as that we have an award-winning mobile app we've um you know won many different industry designations and uh Third-party designations is the best in customer service or, or best bank, and and we're proud to have that balance. I think of a digital bank and an in-person, and uh, in, that's you know complemented really by this in-person experience. You know, so it's interesting from a size of customer base. Many of your customers, if not the majority, are served as part of the credit card portfolio, as opposed to having their primary checking account at Capital One. How does Capital One try to move customers to either a broader relationship through digital channels or one served by your branches or cafes? We're certainly, we are very proud of our great legacy as a trusted credit card company. As you mentioned, so many people know us uh, for our credit cards. And I think what we've done there is, again, really building compelling products that, that, that people will want. And we lead with the product and the value of the product complementing that with the you know great knowledge of the ambassadors who are in our cafes and branches and can help people to understand those um, providing a redesigned and reimagined and kind of ever-evolving experience um, both on our online and and digital and mobile platforms and in person and making things overall across all of those channels really simple and straightforward and so you know when we do that, the products speak for themselves and the experiences speak for themselves. And so, you know, increasingly we see people not thinking of us as only a credit card company, but also understanding, you know, we are a bank and we have um, a lot of great services and, and great bank accounts and people tell their friends about them and, and learn that way. So, you know, just a, a few examples of that, um, again, would be things like we're offering our 360 checking product that doesn't have fees or minimums. It has 24-7 access um, across this award-winning app. And that's something that as people experience the credit cards, you know, certainly can learn about that as they're interacting with us digitally um, through their through their credit card that they, you know, we hope and, and we see that they're more, much more willing to consider us as a bank. Um, when they've had these really positive experiences with us as a credit card customer. Well, you, you've been known forever as being an amazing data company as well. So, you know, when you talk about the foundation of data and analytics as the foundation of growing a relationship, does that help you quite a bit in your primary marketers that you've been putting cafes and in branches in to be able to expand beyond the credit card relationship? And, you know, having that data already, I would think in a digital world more than the physical world, allows you really to speed up the account opening process beyond what most of your competition can do. Yeah, we, th we think so. So, uh, you know, most certainly we are able to use our data and our technology to take information we already have about customers. So if they're wanting to open a new account or, um, you know, to service across accounts that we're able to do that in a really meaningful way. Also, I think our skills at using data help us to determine um, you know, where we want to be from a physical uh, presence too. And so I think because we are really skilled at understanding, you know, where do we see um, centers of commerce and how do we use lots of available public data to help inform, you know, where do, where do people gather and, and where do we want to be? Um, I think that helps us a lot with our physical experience too. You know, it's interesting, as we've gone to a digital world, we sometimes are too confined in our thought around distribution networks. And while we don't talk much about it in a traditional distribution strategy, 
Capital One is a nationwide network of 70,000 fee-free ATMs. Given the move to digital and the reduced reliance on a branch and network and, and cash, do you see the ATM's role in the whole distribution network changing because of the digital, you know, the move to digital? So count me as, as one who uh, certainly believes cash is here to stay. And I and I know there's a lot of debate in the industry about, about that, but so many people uh, do rely on cash, um, you know, for both are, are paid in cash or, or prefer and use cash. And I think most consumers at some time find yourself needing cash. Um, and easy ways to access cash are what are really important. So yes, ATMs, um, I think, are fundamental in that. I think will continue to play a really important role in people's uh, banking lives and payment lives. Um, our 70,000 ATMs include both Capital One ATMs and, and third-party providers, and we're really proud of that network, and we think that's important. But in addition to that, I think it's important for, um, you know, for companies and consumers to think about what are other ways to access and use cash. So, for example, we've uh, fairly recently introduced the capability to add cash in store uh, currently through CVS stores. So our banking customers can go to a CVS, use their mobile app to um, to add cash to their checking account um, at a CVS store. And you know, at, at, through the convenience of, you know, kind of the local pharmacy uh, to be able to interact with cash in, in a new way. Um, we've done some things like early paycheck where, um, although, you know, there's a bit of a digital piece there too, I think that certainly um, provides people with access to their cash sooner. But I do think these cash touch points are going to remain um, super important for a very, very long time. So, Obviously, the world's getting more and more crowded with regards to new financial services providers. What do you see as Capital One's differentiation that you're going to be taking forward to have you stand out in a, an increasingly crowded marketplace? A, a big piece of it for us is the connections that we have with our communities and you know, within all of the communities that we serve, uh, particularly those where we have our, um, our in-person presence with, with cafes and branches. And that we are more than just, you know, kind of a, uh, a, a digital company. We, we are proud to be digital and we are proud to be part of our customers' lives and, uh, and our community's lives. And I think the, you know, certainly from a business perspective, the cafes and branches uh, provide that in-person touch point. But there are so many things that we do to, uh, to try to uplift the communities that we're in. And that's something we're really proud of. And we think that that differentiates us in a, in a very meaningful way. We have um, the Capital One Impact Initiative in which we are very actively supporting growth of underserved communities and trying to advance socioeconomic mobility by closing gaps in equity and opportunity. We're, you know, really, um, it's, the, it's the right thing to do. And we think that's important and it differentiates us. We have, um, through the cafes, we have a partnership with many organizations, including Dress for Success, which um, helps to really provide you know, financial independence uh, for women in particular. And so we've got countless things like that, but I think that's, our, that's what makes us special, I think, is the, um, you know, beyond just being you know, a digital company, we're also you know, a really important part and see ourselves as a, you know, a positive agent for change in the communities we serve. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of really good things about Capital One, but every financial institution is facing challenges today. 
What do you consider to be the biggest challenge or challenges that Capital One faces in the next three years? We used to just say five or 10 years, but that's, that's a ridiculous time frame given what we've gone through in the last three years. So in the next three years, what do you see as the biggest challenges that Capital One's facing from a standpoint of maybe as an overall organization or maybe just in distribution? One is the uh, rate and pace of change. And so, uh, again, the world is developing new technology and new payments and new uh, new ways of interacting with money um, so rapidly. And we'd like to be on the uh, on the leading edge of that. But it's hard. I mean, there's so much to do. And so I think the uh, rate of change, the, you know, the competition for great tech talent is is certainly a big one. I think the key there and the and the path to success there is just relentless prioritization and making the right calls as the right things to invest um, in the right times. I think the other challenge that uh, not just Capital One, but really all financial institutions and particularly those with physical distribution face is what is the post-pandemic world? And so we are hopefully, you know, knock on wood, coming out of um, the pandemic after two uh, really challenging years. And we've seen during the pandemic, customer patterns change and people interact in different ways with uh, with retailers in general, but also with banks. Um, and so, you know, the ability to understand that, to adapt, to be nimble, and to uh, provide new experiences in the ways uh, customers want to adapt the experiences we have, I think it's going to be really important over the next uh, three to five years. Jennifer, thanks so much for being on the show. I, I can't believe it's been so long since, uh, or that we've never talked before on the podcast. But, uh, you know, I wish you all the luck in the world and, and hopefully uh, everything stays open. As you mentioned, you know, we're, we're kind of getting used to that now. And, you know, you had, I think there was an uh, opening baseball game yesterday or the day before in the Washington area. So, you know, we get back to sports, get back to the things that we, we love. And, and yeah, we, we, we sometimes are questioning ourselves, okay, are we, are we okay yet? But, um, you know, we, we're, we're resilient. So that's, that's the best news. So thank you again, Jennifer, for being on the show. Thank you, Jim. It was my pleasure. And we hope to see you in our Ohio cafes when you're, uh, when you're in Ohio. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to Bank and Transform, winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoy what we're doing, please take some time to give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing with the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, remember, in banking, many consumers will want a balance between access and convenience to digital and the human touch of in-person experiences. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.